What's up? Welcome to a new, exciting Johnny Taco Show. I am your coast, coast. Uh, I am your host, Johnny Tacos here. And today we have another great episode. Today we have part two of What's My Gender Again with guest stars. We have Michael Loftus. A teacher, a Christian, a conservative. We have Dr. Glenn Ledbetter, an actual MD doctor. And, of course, we have him, Barks for God, a rapper, a preacher, a man of God himself. All the way from AZ joining us today on the show. Just to let you know, before we get this show going, before we get Taco Talk firing up on all six cylinders you know what's coming up you know it's that time of the year where you show that someone you love something special to reflect on how special she is to you and what is bet what is not better than a t-shirt from the Johnny Taco Show. That's right. We have the Johnny Taco shirt uh, t-shirts available. When you buy one, you get another one half off. That's two for $30. You and your wife can go like Twinkies walking around the area showing your true taco love. And you know what? She will even thank you for it. Or it could go the other way. Either way, it's a Johnny Tacos t shirt. It's two for $30 until February 14th. You can go to Twisted Glitter on Facebook, order two shirts, say Valentine's 23, which is the secret cold word. And voila, your second shirt is half off. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. All right. So, yeah, remember, Valentine's Day t-shirt special. All right, man, I'm so excited about this uh, part two of this uh, very controversial subject that we're having today in society. And it's not just hitting the United States. No, sir. It is hitting everywhere except for the uh, Muslim territories because I I hate to say it but a lot of Muslim laws people follow them a lot more than Christian laws and it, it's it's heartbreaking because Christian laws are meant to protect to to show love for each other to make sure that you live the life fullest of what he has planned for you. But I just want to give, I have to give out, I have to give out a trigger warning. Yes, yes, yes. We live in a day and age where you can't be honest with someone. You can't tell someone the truth without someone's feelings get hurt 
and without someone getting offended. And when they get offended, they like to strike back. And uh, unfortunately, we live in that time. So this is a trigger warning. If you do not want to hear about gender studies and about the correct two genders that God has created, then uh, you can skip this episode. I understand. I won't hold any evil barrences towards you. I will not come over there and steal your chihuahua and take him to Panama so he can make t-shirts for a living. Uh, no, I for for the Johnny Taco show. No, I'll understand. And then you can uh, listen to the other shows. But here it is. That was the trigger warning. Anyways... Let us let's hear that sweet music that Rich Williams had set up for my intro. Tacos, tacos de canasta, tacos. You my friends now. We're having soft tacos later. This is the Johnny Tacos Show. What's up? This is Johnny Tacos here with another Taco Talk. This time it's part two of what's my gender again. And you know what? This right here is going to set things straight. Because not only do I have proof in the Bible, I also have proof from an actual physician of what genders are. And I like to... uh, also let you know that we also have a guest from last week's show. We have uh, Michael Loftus and Hen Barks for God. You know them. You love them. Everybody's talking real great things about about these guys. And know that the, we're, only, we're only talking about this out of love. We're not trying to hate people. We're not trying to condemn people for what they think and what they believe. All we're trying to do is educate. And all we're trying to do is... Uh, Try to help people because the reason why people are so lost is because they don't have an anchor. And that anchor is Jesus Christ. And uh, without him, you live through a life of meek and disbelief and darkness and depression. I know because I walked that path. And I know each and every one of y'all had that time in your life where you didn't feel right. You didn't feel the what you could be you're, you're more stuck into yourself than than your in your own understandings than you are with um with learning about jesus and about god and about loving each other because we are all family we are born of adam and eve uh we all know how to love so let's let's do this real fast uh when you get when this episode's over i want you to go to a person And I want you to know, you know what? It's not too late. Jesus loves you. And, and you're not, you're not alone because he's walking with you right now. Even if you think you're alone, you're not because he's there. He's, he's guiding your way. He's helping you. You just got to listen to him. You got to open your heart up, but just walk to somebody and just, just show some love, some compassion because Christians have always been talked as 
you know, uh, snobby, as hateful of people because they're different than being a Christian. It's not true. We love people. We love our individuals. We love you. We just don't like to sin. We we just we just our our heart breaks knowing that uh, you're not going to be going to heaven if you're if you're still going continuing that 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 route. And all we're doing is just trying to help each other out. That's what we do in this life. But anyways, I want to give it up to uh, Doctor Glenn Ledbetter. He is a actual medical doctor as well as our um, as well as our teaching uh, doctor at church at the Covenant Life Church here in Waxahachie, Texas. Uh, Michael Loftus knows him. We we all know him. He's uh he's the man that teaches us how the Bible is read. I don't I don't know. Can you teach someone how to read a Bible? I, I guess you can. I don't know. I'm I'm going off the subject today. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just full of uh, happiness. You know, I'm full of love. I'm full of hope because I know we're going to break some uh, boundaries. We're going to uh, change some people's minds. We're going to make them help them. We're not going to make them see straight. We're going to help them see that that maybe that depression is because they're not going by God's law. So, all right. Hey, um, can you tell us a little, can you tell the fans, or not fans, I hate saying fans, can you tell the listeners a little something about you, um, Dr. Ledbetter? Yeah, thank you, Johnny. Yes, I've been um, practicing medicine for almost 40 years as a primary care doctor. So I've seen folks in their best times and in their worst times. And uh, my job as an internal medicine specialist is to, focus on the care of adults, uh, both women and men, and that through that uh, work, help them to achieve wellness and well-being, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Great, great. And 40 years, so you know you know the medical ins and outs. So you know what a gender is, what a male and, gen- uh, male and female gender are. There, there's no kind of blur lines in there that uh says you know what you can change you know uh so so what in a medical terminology is considered a a male and a female yeah that's uh i never thought i'd be asked that question um you know over the course of my time as a physician um there's really not any been challenged that their identity at birth would would somehow be different uh, at some other point in their life. And so, you know, biologically, um, when we are conceived, when there's a a sperm and an egg, there's a, a person created and that at conception, an embryo, which is the beginning stages of a human being. And at that point, at the time of that conception, if there's two X chromosomes or sex chromosomes present, then that's a female. If it's an X and a Y, that's a male. So at the at the very instant of creation, the gender is 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 uh, identified uh, by the by that moment. And from that point on, uh, developing in the utero in in the uterus was is dictated by that. Certain organs are formed in certain ways. Um, you know the the future height and and other different components of that individual's creation will be hardwired with that unique set of genetic uh, chromosomes that make up that new life. 
And with that, um, each gender has a specific trait, a specific, specific, uh, you know, strength as well as specific job functions than than the other. Correct? Because you have your your male, which uh, the bones are a lot denser. You know, they're more close together than a female, especially because she's a reproduction. Because she has to. Because some of the bones are not fixed, so it's able to, so she can able to reproduce, right? Is, am I correct about that? Because I learned a little bit from talking to my wife, because she knows everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think just t- kind of just looking at, there are uh, differences, and I, and I did some some interesting research and found, um, depending on where you are on this globe, uh, the height and average weight differs significantly um, between certain countries even, but it's because of the genetic pool of chromosomes that exist in those countries. So for for men in the United States, in general, the average is they're six inches taller than the average female in the United States. And and similarly, the, uh, the weight difference is also expected proportionally uh, on an average, uh, depending on whether they're male or female. So with that height, you just alluded to that that the long bones in men, uh, because there's more bone there, they tend to be stronger relative to their female counterparts. The bones are shorter. But Rick, actually, the tensile strength, which is kind of an engineering term, is actually the same because it's proportional length of the bone of the, of the individual. And what you alluded to is the pelvis uh, does have this um, amazing ca- capacity to expand both as in, in the upper part of the pelvis and the lower part of the pelvis to allow for um, for a birth to occur. And and with this knowledge, is it is it known that a person can trans uh, trans into a different gender? and and not have any kind of like complications or is it a a long term because i i've seen it and y'all seen it um in sports you have a trans woman uh who decided to take the road of becoming a woman to play in sports and totally dominate um actual female athletes that that you know they train the same way they they eat the same way you know, it, it's just the same diet, but it's still, why, why is it, uh, why is it that way? Why does, uh, cause is it because of the structure of a man because of the, because I don't want to, I don't want to say that women are weak cause they are not weak by any chance. They have a certain strength that us men, we couldn't do. I, I don't, I don't think I can ad- endure a birth, you know, but, um, uh, but what I'm saying is, th- does it really matter between a trans woman participating in sports as uh, with other females? Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is is that the basic at the time of cre- of your creation, you're born into this world. There is there's different hormonal structures within whether if you're biologically a man, a, a young boy you're going to be your growth and your muscle development will exceed a similar age female 
because testosterone has a much greater effect on the muscle strength, thickness, its length, because of the fact that the bones are longer, the muscles are are longer, and therefore uh, there's more power can be exerted relative to a man that's shorter, for instance, or structurally bones are different. Um, and then the, the female uh, that's born into the world has low levels of testosterone, but predominantly estrogen and progesterone as their hormones. And therefore, it, you tend to see um, a different muscle mass because of not a d- dominance of testosterone. So to your point, women competing against biological women competing against biological women, there can be differentiations in terms of training, nutrition, height genetics, those things can make one female athlete uh, stronger than another in terms of strength. And we measure strength, you know, obviously by how much weight you can pull or push, et cetera. And then similarly, um, that a male biologically that uh, elects to be uh, compete in the female sports to trans, trans their identity to female will have a huge, huge competitive advantage because of the length of the muscles, et cetera. So, so with, uh, because I know the sports have a, uh, a waiting period to see about the testosterone levels in a trans when they go, uh, to the sports, they have to make, maintain a certain amount or a lack of testosterone, which if you're a male, it's, it's just clear. You're going to have to take medications. You're going to have to dope uh you know dope you up and full of that just to keep it down but you know if 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 i know about nature nature will survive and it, it's still it's still present there the the male chromosome unless if they can take out the y and put an x in the chromosome you know right now if we can go into micro uh biology and actually do that uh, there's still a man. Yeah, and 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 you're bringing a, a good point. So, uh, you know, what we know is if if a biological man goes through puberty, the you know the length of the muscles, the length of the bones, has already probably pretty much been established. While there's a little bit of growth after puberty, but that um, even at that point when they switch their hormone to a a female hormone, they still have muscles and 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 bones that structurally will perform at a higher level than a, an, an age matched biological woman. So your your point is that um, it's there's a definitely a huge advantage, particularly if the transition hurt happens after puberty or yeah. at the time of puberty. Yeah, and guys, if y'all have any questions you want to ask or anything. Um, just just uh ding in you know yeah well I, i'd like to ask you dr ledbetter um so so as a high school teacher i see students they say a lot of them say the same things that you would hear on the media just slogans and things like that but there does seem to be from the spiritual aspect i know you're a teaching pastor same church i attend um and i'm a believer in christ and there's a pretty clear teaching to me that there's a difference in role between the man and the woman. And that is a spiritual aspect of our being. And so one thing that I think a lot of people who they tend to be labeled or they identify as conservative, right? 
those who are more on the conservative side of this issue often make an argument really big on the uh, the genetics, the biology, the chromosome, but then they don't ever mention the spiritual differences. So what if we could change an X chromosome to a Y or a Y to an X? Would that change their soul and how they're created? From a, I don't know if you can say it from a medical perspective, but I know that you're deep into the medicine <laughs> practice and then you're deep into theology and teaching the word. Um, just from the spiritual side of it, can you change, right? Like, like what can you change? How much of there is, yeah. is there no difference at all? Or, you know, I want you to talk to, to that. Well, um, kind of taking on the, from the biological standpoint, we, there's a lot of studies on the neurologic system, particularly looking at MRIs of men and women. And, uh, and early on, this is very interesting. And that if you look at, infant girls and infant boys, biologically infant girls, biologically infant boys, and you measure their ability to recognize a face and be empathetic to the face, it's far more likely to occur earlier in biological young infants that are female compared to males. So all of us on this call as males know that our wives will figure out things and become empathetic and respond to those things way before we will. And, oh, yeah. and, and so similarly, if you look at MRI activity and MRI is a special way to image the brain. So if you look at MRI activity and you look at exposing a, a female or a male to a negative emotion, the male will respond with a lot higher intensity biologically, what activity in the MRI than their female call, a, a, a matched age match person with a similar negative emotion. So guess what? Guys fire off, their brain gets activated, their brain gets, stays activated in a very intense way and for a longer period of time than their female matched, similar negative emotions, et cetera. What's interesting in women is when they experienced a negative emotion and they get angry, it intensifies whenever there's a verbal memory that's activated. Someone gives a verbal memory, a reminder of something. It has a much more prolonged effect in their life. So biologically compared to males. So you see that there is biology in our emotions. And I say that because our soul, one of its components is the emotion. And so talking about your faith, when you're talking about the differences, there are neurologic, biologic differences in how we respond to life. That being said, you can't change that. You can't do a brain transplant. You can't take a drug. Now, the those who act, advocate that that is a behavior that was modeled, we can push back against that and say, well, look at the MRI there is a difference in a male MRI who has a negative emotion versus a female who has a negative emotion. So I think we can be, I, that's why I was attracted to, to medicine. It's a science and there's an absolute truth about it. And that's what the world, go ahead, Johnny. You, you were saying that uh, a woman remembers for a memory of, of a uh, negative moment. That, that's, what, that's what happens 30 years later when you do something wrong She'll remind you like it was yesterday. 
Yeah, I, I've had that a couple of times. See, everybody's smiling. They know that. Y'all know it. <laughs> so, but uh, the, the the thing about it is, okay, so we talked about the genetics of uh, of male and woman, uh, male and female. Uh, we talked about the emotional ties of a man and a female. I'm, we're not saying that a male cannot feel the uh, the same emotions as, as a female. It's just the way it fires in, in the brain. It's all like little synapses and, uh, you know, uh, little elect electronic pulses in your brain. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the defects or, or what will happen if someone decides to take on a surgical um, transition because that, you know, just like a organ donor, that has a um, gets a, gets a new heart or a new uh, kidney, you know, something there. They have to take a medicine to keep the body from rejecting, such as uh, tattoo artists when they modification modify their bodies. Uh, they still have to work on it because the body will reject anything that's foreign. Um. So with with that. Are there there are complications, long term complications on reassigning uh, surgically? Yeah, unfortunately, for surgical uh, procedures that are done that alter the the biological uh, design of a, a biological male or female, those surgical changes are irreversible. They are forever. There have been attempts to sort of rebuild back to the original um, birth uh, sexual identity. But it's it is it is just incredibly painful and, and and not only physically but emotionally. I think that you know there's while suppressed in the media the accounts of folks that really decided oh my goodness what have I done, and that what have I done is very difficult to to undo. And what you said is correct. Uh, if they don't do the if they don't do the surgical approach and they treat it with with the opposite hormone and other drugs to try to suppress their biological hormonal system, um, you know, without the drugs, while it'll suppress the testes in the case of test of of male testosterone or the ovaries in the case of of uh, of estrogen, you're still going to have this incredible um, conflict that will you'll be in this place where you're kind of not eat neither. You know, those hormones have been suppressing the ones that you're supposed to have. And that takes time for that to come back, if ever. And I've I've seen a video of a a woman who who was told that she was really a man. So she went through the whole testosterone treatment where they uh, she was given a huge dose of testosterone. Uh, she said when she was taking the testosterone she she was more angry she she did not like herself uh you know she, you know she, testosterone grows you know you start getting facial hair stuff like that yeah. you know this nice beard here you know henry's got a nice beard going i like i can't wait for my beard to get a little white like that um i guess a little peach fuzz on michael but uh uh i do my best i do my best <laughs> uh but the uh, she she was going through such changes in her body, 
that it was affecting her way of life. It was affecting her mental. It pushed people away, and she didn't like it. And then she realized she she wasn't a man. She was a woman. She she was uh, that testosterone had a lasting effect on her. She still to this moment she quit uh, taking testosterone. She, testosterone. She wants to. Uh, to, to be back uh, as a woman. You know, she didn't do the surgery, thank God. Um, but she's going through it. Uh, the testosterone still messes with her mind. Uh, long-term reaction to, um, you know, horm- hormone uh, changes can really mess with a person's anatomy as well as her psyche. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, this is really... Uh, been going on now for the last five to 10 years at, at epic proportions, you know, in the U.S. and young men, among women, 1.5% of them have declared to be male instead of their biological female. So it's a it's a growing number. So we're just starting to do and I, I do hope my colleagues in research and science will will look at this. Um, some of those who uh, who are actually participating as physicians treating patients uh, with with uh, inappropriate hormones or surgeries? They won't be doing the research, but I hope my colleagues that are truly academic, that will truly uh, seek truth, are willing to stand up and continue to publish. We're starting to see some of it now, and so I do think uh, we we uh, hopefully we'll see a peak of this, it, especially since my colleagues in medicine, uh, it breaks my heart, are participating in something that's very very wrong. Uh, what do you think about this, Henry? Um, I know that you live in a totally different state than we do. Uh, is this an ongoing, is it more freedom for the, for the trans rules and, and laws over there? Well, what I see here in Arizona, it is relatively conservative, but there's also a large, and, and, and I hate to stick to these Kind of political terms because when you're discussing spirituality, I don't think any any political spectrum can truly capture uh, what it means to be Christian and, and to follow the guidelines that the Bible sets forth. But um, there's also a huge mix of uh, I would say just progressives or liberals who are open in their beliefs. Uh, people don't hide who they are and what they are and what they want to be. Um, so it's it's a it's a huge mixture. Um, you, you don't see a lot of open discrimination. Um, however, I, I think it's just kind of what's happening all over the country where people are starting to say, okay, so if I don't want to be discriminatory, then I'm going to accept the sin. I'm going to accept this definition of what it is to be a man and a woman or something in between or whatever that person wants to be, I'm just going to accept it. And, you know, I I think we have to kind of walk that fine line. Um, Like Jesus said in Matthew seven, that's in today's uh, Bible break. We can, it's not about judging people and, and having judgment. It's about making sure that we're correct and then trying to give gentle correction. And we can do that without, discriminating against someone and we spoke about this in the last meeting as well uh but it it it, we've we've got to stick to it we've got to um remind people that 
you can believe what you want to believe, but the truth is the truth. And you can't change the truth just because you don't want to believe it. Yeah. I I saw an example of a young lady trying to use uh, Matthew 19, 11 and 12 as far as eunuchs uh, being born that way or a eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake, trying to justify transitioning oneself and just totally taking scripture out of context. And you see it, you see it all over, uh, but there's really uh, an increase of that. Uh, people taking scripture out of context, trying to make it say something that it doesn't say in order to say that, you know, I, I can change my gender. I can love a woman as a woman. I can love a man as a man. That's not what scripture ever says. So we've got to be really careful to, to stick to what it truly says. And what it means to love someone is to love someone spiritually in the Bible. It's not talking about sex. And, um, I, I don't understand too much about the whole eunuch part, and we'll talk about that more in our spiritual, um, the spiritual part of the of today's show. Uh, but my question is real fast for the uh, the the more medical uh, part of the show is it is it really that uh, is it is it really to help someone or is it really for the money uh that people do that transitioning because you're, you're starting to see scientists now laughing at the whole uh, 100 or 200 or 300 years of knowing gender now some scientists are or the new wave of scientists are saying there's no uh there's 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 no uh there's not a uh accurate description of what is a woman because there there was a um, wash a uh, he's a conservative uh, media kind of kind of guy he did a, a a movie said what is a woman where he'll go and talk to trans people go and talk to binaries or you know whatever they want to call themselves and he's asking what is a woman and people are are they're too scared to answer that question which is just right there because even the teacher, Michael, knows what a woman is because that was the first thing you learned when you were a kid, you know, what, what a woman is. But now you got scientists saying, uh, we don't know. Is it is it because of the, uh, they don't want to get canceled or is it, or is it just because they, they, you know, I think I think really it's because they don't want to spill out the the uh, common sense because they don't want to get pushed out or or ridiculed or anything for saying the truth. So what do you what do you think, real fast, before we go to their break? So I would just comment that I do think there are drivers in our in our country that as we've moved from truly away from that the majority of folks believe in a gold standard of, of the biblical principles. And so as we've stepped away and the traditional family has, has eroded uh, with, you know, ongoing divorce rates, et cetera, et cetera. I just think that um, now there's this gap that's been filled by a, a community that says, whatever you feel or whatever you want to do, it's okay. And, and I think that's where we've stepped away from, 
from the biblical mores and, and standards of Christianity. And I think there is a lot of profiteering that's happening in the medical profession, in the publications. You know, American Girl decided they had to get involved because their doll sales were going down. So they started really pushing and promoting that they have alternatives to what their traditional American Girl is. And so uh, I think you hit it right on the head. All right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go into Bible break with uh, Hymn Barks for God. So much to praise with the rest of my days. I'm Bible reading and believing in my Savior's bleeding. He shed his blood for us so that we may live. Least I can do is live righteous and I will freely give. Go the way to sins. Serve my fellow man. Be humble. Follow the word. Cause God has got a plan. The best plan. Eternal glory. My friend Jesus, Jesus my Jesus, my Messiah and King, Jesus Christ my Yo fam, God bless, it's your boy Henbarks for God, here with today's Bible break. So today we're picking up on Matthew chapter 6 verse 25, and remember these are the words of Jesus from the New King James Version. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Yes and amen. Now verse 33 bears repeating. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Yes, they will. So moving on to Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is all about gentle correction, y'all. Of course, people of the faith, we do have to correct each other sometimes, but not judgmentally, we've got to be gentle. Moving on to verse six. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Yeah, we can't have that. Uh, this is mainly about those who don't want to hear the gospel. They're blasphemous. Sometimes it's a waste of time and energy. But spread the gospel to those who are willing. Verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. 
For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So yes, being a Christian can be tough sometimes, y'all, but it is worth it. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. Verse 21 is tough for a lot of believers. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Yes and amen. We thank Jesus for his teachings and for the word of God. That's it for today's Bible break. I pray you are able to read along in your scripture. If not, read your Bible. God bless. We'll talk soon, y'all. This is the Johnny Taco Podcast. All right, we are back. And uh, just to give you a summary, if you missed it, we did the physical differences in uh, gender on um, before our break. Also, just uh, right now, we are about to go into the spiritual differences uh, through the Bible. Um, we're going to have Dr. Ledbetter start it off in Genesis. And then uh, we'll work from there. This is this is what I think is the most interesting part of the show, is because God has a blueprint that He had made, and to you know us men, we like to um, put together our own 
furniture without instructions. <laughs> and then we find extra parts laying around or we put a wrong screw and it sticks out or it just falls apart when you actually put some weight to it. Um, saying that because, uh, Michael's doing a little carpentry. Uh, we'll have him talk a little bit about his carpentry after the show, uh, when we get to the end. Um, so, but if we're not going through what God's blueprint is, that's when m mistakes happen. That's when, uh, all the depression, the anxiety, because God did not create us in fear. He created us in love. So, but with, with that, um, I'm, we're going to continue the, uh, what is my gender, um, with the spiritual side. Okay. If you can continue, uh, with this, uh, Dr. Ledbetter. Sure. Uh, well, thank you, Johnny. Um, you know, the foundational scripture for me as a, as a believer, uh, as a physician that's tried to incorporate my faith in my practice. Uh, we have to begin with the, the creation story in Genesis 1. And I would like to have, make a few comments about these two verses. Uh, verse 26 of chapter 1, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Look at the word, our image, to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals of the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so I think, um, for me, this is like the plumb line of creation as it relates to the human beings that, that God uh, chose to place them a, um, a little lower than the angels, his most precious creation. And it's interesting that in verse 26, he talks about that the human being is created in our image to be like us. And that obviously refers to the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, and the different um, features, uh, the different parts of the Trinity and how we can have um different expressions of the, the Trinity that makes us unique. But he also says there are not three different versions of humans. There's only two versions of humans. There's male and female. And, and I think that that, for me, um, the one that we have some characteristics that we can see in the Holy Spirit, in Jesus Christ, and in the Holy and in the Father God. And those different components are wrapped up in two very unique sexes, the male and female, because we've talked about the difference in terms of their biological makeup. But I think the the value of both, and again, he kind of doubles down. He says, so God created human beings in his own image. In other words, I like these other parts. Obviously, I'm part of Jesus and I'm part of the Holy Spirit. But that idea that it was his idea, how we would be men and women. And, as, and we know from you know, the, the psalmist writing about, you know, that Father God knew us in, in our mother's womb. He has this intimate relationship with us that um, is unique to who we are. Because as we talked in our last podcast is that there is genetics are established at the time of conception. So that idea of that intimacy that we have with our Father God uh, in, in that scripture in Psalms. So um, for me, um, it's it's very uh, challenging to think 
of how faith in God built on the relationship with God through Christ and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, there is a specific task and destiny that each creation has. And it's built around the unique characteristics that we've been given physically, heritage and, and emotionally and spiritually that we will receive from our parents. So the traditional family of a husband and a wife is critical to that development of a new creation that is born into a family. You know, one of the big challenges is obviously we see families, um, you know, God's plan was to have families and that families would be micro units of his church and that there would be mentoring and coaching and discipling of children in that idea that that the mom will bring certain features and characteristics and the and the dad will bring another set of and some features they share you know like discipline you know so there's a there's a sharing um in that family unit and so um for me we have to start with the beginning you know genesis 1 recognize that there is a, a a plan that God had for, for mankind in the beginning when he decided to make Adam from dust and, and, and mud and clay and then took part of him and, and made woman. You know, that's another part of this idea that man, that out of man came woman and they're uniquely connected. You know, with that, it, it just it shows that was the blueprint. Genesis is all about the blueprint. It's about how God created the earth and humans and the animals that we have dominion over. Um, with that, like you said earlier, there are so many new churches, I'm quoting, the, the new churches that, that want to uh, look at Scripture and say, yeah, it, it's there, there are places where there are non-binary people there are places where there there's people that change sex or 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 fought with homosexuality that that there were yeah there there was stuff that was like that but it got destroyed it was sodom and gomorrah that whole area right there and it was called an abomination it's just we live in a world now where the abomination is starting to become a daily norm and it's desensitizing even the church today. And I'm not saying every church, I'm saying a lot of these new churches who are inviting all this in. Uh, I believe in everyone is welcome to the church, but we do not go by the 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 world's views we go by uh jesus's views jesus's way of life and god's um testaments you know uh if you if you're struggling with homosexuality and all that and you come to church you know we shouldn't shun you we shouldn't uh ridicule you we shouldn't there there is a reason why you went to church because you want to get close to god you know something is wrong you want to get close to god and if if us as christians shun people away from church then we're no better than the people that are on the social media or 
out in the street actually doing that sin. Yeah, I would just, and following that up, I think Jesus's teachings are very clear. I mean, you had the the prostitute was about to be stoned, and he said, those who are without sin cast the first stone, and the crowd suddenly dissipated. Or, you know, the teaching that, you know, don't worry about the speck in your brother's eye when you have a log in your own. So I think there's these principles that um, we are all fallen people. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the capacity to embrace differences, and I'm not saying approve of differences and not call sin, sin, but the fact that we can look at another person who has whatever that sin is in their life, that we love them and try to coach them and lead them to being free from that sin and forgiven for that sin. So that applies to everybody in my church. Every one of us have sin that is unconfessed. And we need to advance this culture that people can recognize that and be able to go before the Lord if they need help, confess their sin, and be restored in terms of their relationship with Father God through Christ. Uh, you're you're so right that we we have all sinned. We have all did things that you know would make God blush a little bit. I know I've caught myself doing something that back in the day before uh, I really put my heart and my soul to God. Uh, I've seen, I've known people that are struggling with their own identity, uh, which, which is a huge reason why we need to put all that stuff out of school. Um, we shouldn't have that. We should go back to regular um, arithmetic, uh, reading, you know, arts, like, you know, draw. I'd rather, I'd rather somebody have two periods of drawing than, uh, one period of, uh, guess my gender, you know, because, uh, teachers, teachers don't know this, but they, they hold so much, um, value towards a student. Even if a student doesn't like you, you still have so much influence on, on them. And if you're going around, peddling this stuff all you're doing is putting blinders on the child because at the end of the day i thank some of my teachers because you know i couldn't stand them at when i was in school no offense michael but uh but now when i when i was an an adult and i talked to a teacher and i and i said you know what i respect you for what you try to do and and all that but i don't see a lot of respect and the new teachers that are coming through again, no offense, Michael, you know, you, you're a rare breed right now, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, well, uh, do you mind if I speak to that subject? Yeah. Um, excuse the, uh, children noises in the background. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm living in the trenches right now. talking about parenting and gender. My very aggressive male boy who is a boy <laughs> and male, uh, is uh, climbing all over me and trying to eat me. But um, no, the teacher situation when it comes to the subject is interesting because uh, I think I mentioned last time that the majority of teachers that I know are very much, and, and I agree with what Henry said about like not putting political labels on these things because politics is not going to give us a theologically accurate <laughs> view of gender, you know? 
but they're very much on the left uh teachers just a huge number of teachers are on the left um and unfortunately it's largely a left and right thing right now although you see a lot of republicans uh who are uh very pro lgbtq these days too the teachers do you have a responsibility of keeping gender and sexuality out of the classroom they have a huge responsibility in that what i have found is that a lot of teachers will uh if they're conservative and when i say conservative i'm not talking about politics i'm talking about you hold to what has been known to be true for the last thousands and thousands of years about humanity when they stick to that um they're either shunned by other teachers or there is an activist student out there who's been brainwashed by TikTok who wants to bring up these controversial subjects to the teacher. And um, so, like, even just recently, I had a student who uh, asked me why I corrected their paper. They were writing about Robert Frost, and they referred to Robert Frost as they. And I crossed it out, and I wrote he. And then the student made a big deal in front of the class. Hey, why did you cross off they? I said, well, because Robert Frost is one person. And a male, so you would say he. And then the student said, well, some people use they as their pronoun. And I say, people are they. But a person is a he or a she. And so you can pick one or the other. But Robert Frost, we know, was a guy. So how to do that? And then the whole class was, like, kind of silent. And then I could see, like, for the majority of those students, they were like, Whew. you know, just kind of like, okay, that makes sense. And then other students, there's a few of them that were like all angry with me. You know, it's just, you could see they were like not happy with what I just said, but I, I knocked that out as soon as I can. As soon as like a student starts talking about weird pronouns or um, wanting to go by fake names, which happens often, uh, teachers, they need to speak sense to these kids. I don't think a teacher has much to stand on outside of a biblical worldview. Um, I really, I don't know. I talked to teachers who emphasize the um, science or they ed emphasize the technical correct pronoun or they emphasize uh, whatever worldview they have. But honestly, I have found that I cannot be logically consistent in a classroom unless I have a biblical foundation because um, I, otherwise I'm looking at other people's reasons for gender and trying to justify it with man's logic when really the bottom line is God created men and women differently. Um, you see it through scripture, like we've been talking about, you see it medically, but then I think teachers, I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say with teachers is they need to be, a, there needs to be a bunch of Christians that invade our public schools, or we need to have a bunch of Christians who start their own schools, uh, whether that's homeschool, private school, co-op, whatever. But there needs to be uh, an option for children who need a godly education. Um, and that's the only real education right now are the ones who are biblically world, giving their kids a biblical worldview. Otherwise, otherwise, I feel like we're wasting our time. I feel like teachers should fill up public schools. But I don't think kids should be in there. I think teachers need to be stopping the nonsense in its tracks in the classroom it needs to happen and so that's why i said last time i don't know how many of your listeners agreed or disagreed whatever but it is wise for parents if they can to bring their 
Sorry, bud. Even you, even you. My son wants to go to public school so bad. He's like one year old and he's crying when I say this. But, you know, if you can pull your kid out of a public school and put them in an environment that's going to edify them, do it. Do what you have to do to make it happen. Um, I get that there's exceptions and stuff, but um, this is a subject where, like, you cannot protect your kid from transgenderism. You cannot protect them from people who want them to be confused. Um, you can you have them for a short amount of time while they're malleable, and then as they get older, they're going to stand on their own beliefs. So don't don't rent this time out to the government or to other people who want to propagandize your kids. Um, anyway, so that's that's the long version of kind of what I want to share on this one topic. But and and real fast, the one thing that this whole thing had actually did was actually people know what a pronoun is. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that that used to be my least favorite part of speech, and I don't know if it's my favorite now, but it is one of the most important now. Uh, <laughs> of all of all eight of them, I say pronouns and conjunctions, or, but I even say I say you know I was telling a student who wanted to go by, uh, you know, she had a very feminine name, and then she wanted to go by Liam. I'm like, oh, Liam Neeson, there's no way I'm going to call you by the same name as the guy from Taken, you know? <laughs> there's just no way. So, uh, anyway, she's obviously a girl. She acts like a girl, looks like a girl, has a very feminine name. She's a girl, and she wanted to go by Liam. And I said, hey, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And she said, well, um, at the very least, if you're not going to call me by my name, because that's what she would call it, my name is Liam, you know? If you're not going to call me by my name, my pronoun is, my pronouns are they and them. And I said, no, I'm not going to give you pronouns or verbs. Like, you're, I'm going to call you by your name because this is, you know, I wasn't rude about it. But I said, I love you too much to participate in this nonsense. And you need to know that, you know, the, you're a girl and everyone knows you're a girl. It's obvious you're a girl and, and you're a lovely girl. And, uh, and she said, I'm not asking you to do verbs. I said, just a pronoun. And I said, I don't say they is. I say they are. So I either say, we'll just say her name was Ruth. It wasn't, but. Ruth is late to class. Okay. I don't say Ruth are late to class, but if I'm going to say they, I'm not going to say they is, I'm going to say they are. So they're asking for pronouns. They're asking for proper nouns. They're asking for pronouns and they're asking for verbs. That's almost half of the parts of speech. There's only eight parts of speech people. That's almost half of our parts of speech. So no, um, teachers got to stop the nonsense, you know? And by the way, um, those girls there, I had four of them last year who were doing that and I was the only teacher who didn't participate in it. I called them by their name every day in class. I called the parents just to let them know. Parents never heard about this. Didn't know it was going on for two years. I was the first teacher to contact them. Those four girls returned to school this year and they know that they're girls. They go by her and she and hers, right? And they go by their actual names. And that was an adult saying something, not like I'm heroic, but when you have one person who says, no, this is silly. I'm going to treat it like it's silly. Things clear up, but we don't have, we don't have, uh, unfortunately, you're right. Teachers by and large are not on board with that. Uh, but we have a culture of people who are willing to participate in nonsense because they're afraid of being called hateful or bigoted or, or even, you know, being affiliated with a political party or a religion, you know, so they get bullied into nonsense. So. Yeah, that that's true. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but Henry, you you wanted to emphasize more on the spiritual side of gender. You have some uh, ammo in your in your gun, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also want to respond to Michael because 
It's crazy how I, I have a feeling, and correct me if I'm wrong, but most teachers probably don't even want to touch this whole gender and, and assignment and sexuality. But because the kids are so influenced by, you know, entertainment, social media, and of course, they keep it secret to their parents because most kids, if they're doing something crazy or bad or whatever the case is, they're not telling their parents about it. And then it gets back to the parents and they're like, wait a minute, let's talk about this. And then they kind of talk some sense into it. And then you have those parents who are also inundated by the culture and go along with it. And, you know, back to Genesis, Genesis 2, 24, therefore man shall leave his father and mother and be joined his wife and they shall become one flesh. I mean, it's all in the blueprint. And, and Jesus even reiterated that in Matthew Um have you not read that he who made them that he did use a pronoun there but he's talking about men and women um at the beginning made them men and male and female for this reason a man shall leave his mother father be joined to his wife two shall become flesh and he goes on to say therefore what god has joined together let not man separate and i think that's where we are today man is trying to separate what god did they're trying to change things that's that's not how it works um, so, so yeah, I did have a, a bit more of a question for the doctor because, um, some, and I'll call them theologians, uh, some people of the faith will refer to some of what we're dealing with, be it genetic abnormalities or just, um, I guess, wrong thinking. We'll take it way back to post-flood when uh, Canaan uh, was cursed by Noah. And of course, the Canaanites went on to be land of the giants that had to be, you know, dealt with uh, later on um, in Exodus. But the fact that there is still Genesis 6 uh, rebellious angel blood or Nephilim blood, yeah. um, out there floating around in the genetic structure. Yeah. Uh, could it be that that's part of what's causing some of these genetic abnormalities, some of these, um, some of the preponderance of, uh, like I said, just wrong thinking or people taking on these uh, personalities and or uh, just misunderstandings about what they are and who they are. Could, could it be that some of that is still going on in our genetic structure? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I, I know I go back to my training in medical school about genetics, and we had all sorts of teachings around how some of the sex chromosomes could be disrupted or incomplete, not all have all the components of the of the of the DNA needed to have a, a fully woman, a girl or fully boy. Um, and again, I think that there's, I mean, to me, two schools of thoughts. One is, you know, when sin came into the world, the reproductive uh, effects of, of an egg and a sperm coming together, there are things that fail, uh, not only in the sex chromosomes, but in other chromosomes where leading to miscarriages or children that are born with very severe chromosomal abnormalities. So I think it's really becomes this sort of smoke and mirror thing that, you know, the, the, the truth is that the, that's a rare occurrence that does happen where there are genetic malformations that, and people have particularly around the sex chromosomes. So that, but the number of those that I've seen in 40 years of seeing patients is very tiny, maybe one or two in 40 years. 
and and that's managed in in, in pediatrics and and uh, there's help for those folks if those children survive. Many of them have defects that are that are fatal. So I do think it's a it's a it's pointing to things that are part of the, the fallen world where we have genetic malformations and, and to use that as a smoke and mirror for to verify something that's absolute that's absolutely opposite of what the, the totality of scripture says. You know, um, Thank you. you know, there Corinthians, first uh, Corinthians 11, three uh, through 16 uh, but I want you to understand that head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covers dishonored his head. Uh, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. Um boy i'm getting my eyes when you when you start getting uh when you start getting old your glasses start coming in handy um uh since it is the same as if her head were shaven for if a wife will not cover uh cover her head then she uh should cut her hair short but since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut her hair or shave her head and let her, um, you know, let her cover her head for a man ought not to cover his head, but since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. The man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. Uh, that is why... A wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, a woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. Uh, for as a woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. Uh, that right there is it, it's the blue, blueprint. You know, you're you're a man. You have your your spiritual rules and regulations, and then as a woman, you have your spiritual rules and regulations. And this is coming from God. This is not coming from me. You know, I I I wish I could write something as as awesome as that, but um, it's it's just showing that roles cannot be changed. And there's no middle ground between a man and a woman. There, you know, God created man, and from man, God created woman. Uh, it's not God created man, and God created something else, and then God created woman. There's not an in-between. There are some birth defects with, with people that have two genitals. And I'm, that's an unfortunate birth defect. That's it's not a um, it's it's not part of the blueprint, right? It's just a birth yeah. defect, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate the scripture you you shared because I, I think we can pull this really. Paul was was great at uh, teaching us about these principles of how a man and a woman relate and. 
Um, I can't, I mean, all of us are thinking about Ephesians 5, where, um, where, where Paul's talking about the relationship of a husband and a wife, and that that relationship reflects the relationship of Christ, who is our husband, and the church, which is his bride. So as it he intertwines this principle of that the husband is responsible for covering his wife and and that that wife would gladly submit those are crazy words in the culture today mm-hmm. but the truth is what what Paul's talking about is the covering which is the protection it's a, another word for it is a fountainhead that covers and provides uh, nourishment and and tr- training and protection and when a husband does that a wife is glad to su- submit to that and so i think that that idea then it goes on to say that a husband is to love his wife as christ loves the church so this idea this is where there's such a beautiful con- consistent thread of truth from all of scripture and it starts to point to all of the things we heard about creation and we see it coming to bear that the family of God makes up the church, which is the wife, and Christ, which is the king in authority, who gave his own life to die for us and to cover us and provide protection and nourishment. So it's a beautiful thing. And what you you just talked about was the, diff- the role differences. Uh, but again, you have to understand that submission is okay. A husband has to submit to Father God through Christ. And then out of that life that he lives, he will cover and protect his wife, and she would gladly come under that. So I think that's a principle of the, the, the genders, while in a physical sense we talked about that, but there are roles and responsibilities. And it comes back to that idea that families matter. Mm-hmm. how husband and wives relate as a family and what procreation or reproduction brings to fuel the, the those who are part of a family and they'll have a family one day. But that's God's heart. It's his heart for husbands to be the covering spiritually, physically, emotionally, as well as the wives to say, I recognize that and I want that. Dr. Ledbetter, I have a question for you on that as my son beats the table. Um, <laughs> could you speak to your thoughts on how much of this is because the humans, I I truly believe most people at a gut level don't think you can change from one gender to another. They want to believe that, but deep down, I don't think most people believe that. I do know people who really believe that they're legitimately deceived and they don't feel like they're lying. They feel like they're standing up for truth when they say that. But that being, I wonder how much of that is really irrelevant because this may just be some grand conspiracy in the demonic realm. <laughs> demonic realm. Okay. Um, I'm just going to have to move for a second. Um, how much of this is some kind of a conspiracy to keep people from fulfilling their God given roles? Like, is this a rebellion against our nature, even our spiritual nature? not our fallen nature, but the fact that we're created to reflect the image of God, yeah. because there's nothing more anti-image of God than me rejecting my role as a husband and father, right? Yeah. I mean, it is the image of God that I'm rejecting. So yeah. you talk about that, the conspiracy, yeah. 
Yeah. Monica, yeah. Humans to rebel like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we have, there's two kingdoms of the world. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness wants to find every way possible to divide us from divide the kingdom of darkness, keep it in darkness, whether it's this current, um, status of, of, of gender confusion or denying our gender. It's just another part of the tactic to separate mankind from ultimate its destiny, which was to have a relationship with father God through Christ. So it is a very dangerous and in many ways deadly. I mean, we're seeing rates of suicide and, and, and things that are happening because of that, the, not only just this gender confusion, but the eroding of the family. So I agree with you that the gender issue is just another way to shout, to try to squeeze out the light of what um, God had for his creation. And uh, yeah, you're spot on, Michael. Um, I mean, that you know, if it's from the kingdom of darkness, it's coming from Satan executed through his, those influences on culture. And the only way we can push back on that is to shine the light of the truth back and and the good news is a little bit of truth will destroy darkness if we have more truth the light will will even destroy more darkness and so completely agree with your your question is at the end of the day um we either are under the rule and authority of the world and its darkness and all the disruption that it causes are the kingdom of light which is one of which christ advocates for us to truly be who we are created to be Amen, amen. Uh, we're coming close to the end of the show. Um, each one, each one of y'all can give me a quick um, last moment thought. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in uh, just to kind of close with John eight. Uh, I'm in between like thirty seven and forty forty seven. Um, man, when Jesus is speaking uh, to the Pharisees and scribes who want to kill him. And he clearly says, I speak what I have seen with my father and you do what you have seen with your father. And he goes on to tell them that you are of your father, the devil. Um, There's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. And so we've got to get back to not only believing the word of God, but just following scripture, following the guidelines that God gave us uh, because he gave it to us for a reason. And so um, I know people will, will kind of fight that, but as Christians, we've, we've got to draw that line and it's, it's clearly there. Amen. Uh, you, Michael, or Dr. Dr. Ledbetter? Yeah, so I would say, uh, I want to amen what Henry just said about John chapter eight. We'd all do well to uh, read and study that chapter. Um, I think the bottom line is we're made in the image of God. We're made to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And when we listen to what the world says, the majority says, uh, it is always the exact opposite of where scripture leads us. And so if you love your children, okay, if you want to love God, listen to scripture, let that be your guide. That's my biggest, that's my biggest push. Pursue Jesus and hang around godly people, not people who are also confused. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, and I would just uh, add to that uh, to my colleagues that have been on the co- on the podcast with me. I, th- I I always lean on this scripture, and it's Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and He'll give you everything you need. And I just really, um, you know, we've talked a lot about 
um, the, the current test or the current uh, stress that evil has brought to our culture. But um, for those who are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray and seek his face. Uh, and the promise is that he'll heal our land. And I just uh, want to encourage the, the listeners that they would would do that. Seek first his kingdom and all things will be added unto it. Amen. Amen. Each one of y'all had some awesome points uh, to share at the end. I want to thank uh, Dr. Ledbetter. Hen Barks for God and Michael Loftus for being on today's show for part two. This this shouldn't end the discussion of here. Um, what I urge y'all to do is go to your families, um, have a little Bible Bible study. The best thing to do to battle against evil is to see what God has planned for you and what God has written. And, and go from there. And with anything else, you know, test every spirit. If you think something's wrong, more likely God is talking to you and you must hear what he has to say and pray on. All right, that's the end of the show. I hope you were more educated and more informed and more lifted. I hope the Holy Spirit came into your soul and opened that door and brought forth the truth of what a gender is I want to thank all the new listeners you know who you are you are the ones that think this is a food network special podcast about learning how to make the proper authentical Mexicano cuisines I hate to disappoint the what you get is the edification of Jesus Christ through these shows as well as the testimony of my guest and my constant babbling <laughs> to all the ones who are the diehard listeners the ones who listen to me all the time enjoy everything and just absorb the holy spirit coming out through this ministry you are the sour cream to this taco supreme i want to thank chris johnson Filthy Rich Williams, Aaron Kirby, Jonathan Coffee Man Douglas, Hen Barks for God, Amanda Ingle, which is my lovely, lovely, beautiful wife, Pastor Jonathan Bell, Pastor Dr. Glenn Ledbetter, the Covenant Life Church Peaks. Uh, I also like to thank all the Finding Hope people that are working together with God to build the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, I want to thank everybody personally, uh, especially my buddy, and, and, I'm, and this is kind of a segue because he has a new song. And I'm going to give you a little taste of his new music coming out. This song is Holy Notes by Word Rat. All right, and y'all have a good night. Don't have yourself a great time. Have yourself an awesome time. And I'll see you on the next Johnny Taco Show. Here's Word Rat. Holy notes from the EP. Give me the Holy Ghost. Holy notes. You're giving me Holy Notes. I'm making that Holy Post. And remember these Holy Notes. You give me the Holy Ghost. Giving me holy notes, bringing that holy rose, giving me holy bones. Yo!
holy post. Flex with the holy host. Make it that holy post. Rapping these holy ghosts. She give me the holy ghost. Giving me holy dogs. Bringing that holy rose. Giving me holy bones. Rapping the holy most. Flex with the holy host. Making that holy post. We rapping these holy dogs. Look at these preachers. Just turning the sneakers. They speaking ideas. They putting their speeches. They preaching what pleases. Pathetic real preaching. Just scratching their ears. Cause prosperity isn't necessarily security Prosperity without humility is adversity Cause prosperity isn't necessarily security yeah, yeah, yeah. You give me the Holy Ghost Oh.